Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. Before I get started, I um, I felt like I had something to say to, to, to two people in the in the crowd here tonight, um, this morning. Roland, um, wave, wave your hand for a second so people can see you. This is my friend Roland right here. I was praying for you down here during the Book of Miracles time, and when I laid my hands on you, I um, instantly saw three things that I wanted to tell you, and they'll mean more to you than they do to me. But the first one is a warrior, thread the needle, and a belt. And, and, and what, what I got out of it was, you are a warrior. You're, you're literally in the military. You're literally, by trade, a warrior. But it's more than that. You have courage that people don't always see, but your courage is there whether or not they see it. You thread the needle. You're precise. And in this season, you have an especial anointing to, to be even more precise about things than even you have in the past. This is a, a season where what you do doesn't take a second chance because you get it right the first time. What you do doesn't miss the mark. What you do is anointed and appointed. And the third thing is a belt because you bind things together. So uh, take that for what you will. Um, if you could reach out your hand to Roland, I want to pray with him real quick. God, I thank you for Roland that, that, that he's given his life in service to our country and in service to this house, God. I pray right now that these words land and they mean something to him and that they, they plant and they grow into the, the fruit that you would have bear in his life. In Jesus' name, amen. And the, the other was um, uh, Kinsey and David. I, I assume David's back there in the back. I don't know. But um, this is for both of you. Kinsey's over here on the side waving her hand. David is probably behind those lights up there. Um, but I just wanted to, to say that I don't know what it means, but right now um, I feel like there's a, there's a call on your life. It's not a call away. And it, away doesn't mean a place, but it's not a call away from something, but it's a call to something. So um, be listening for the voice of God because um, in this season, he's, gonna, in this season he's, he's going to start speaking things to you that um, at first sound foreign, but the more you sit and chew on them, the more perfect they sound for you guys. So take that and let's pray for, for the Hendry family. God, I thank you for David and Kinsey that they have planted, that they are called, and that they are following after what you'd call them to do, that they are listening for your voice, and they're going to be amazed but not surprised when things start to happen for them. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right. I um, really appreciate being up here. I said in the first service that I um, thank Pastor Michael and Lisa for the honor of being up here. Um, first of all, because it is an honor, and second of all, because it's kind of proof that I didn't screw up so bad the last time that they wouldn't invite me back. So, so thank you guys um, for confirming and, and building me up like that. I, mean, I kind of screwed up a little bit. Yeah. All right, all right. I'll, I'll work on it. Um, and I also like to thank Pastors Jurgen and Leanne, um, like we always do. Um, you know, first they they are so powerful and so dynamic. They're so different from one another, but they both uh, 
move so mightily and, and they, they carry God's presence where they go. But with that anointing that they have, they could demand the stage every single week. They could show themselves on video if they're not able to be here in person, but they make room for people like me who, who aren't, you know, Bible school trained, who aren't, you know, professional ministers to come up and share what God's put in our hearts. So I, I want to honor them and thank them for, um, for making a house that is like no other house I've ever seen. And And last but not least, of course, I want to honor my wife, who, who's the cutest one in here. I love you. All right. So every time I come up here, um, whether it's to, to, to preach or to do an offering message or a communion message or to, to whatever, anytime that my kids know I'm about to come on stage for something, one or the other or both of them always ask, are you going to talk about me? And I, I'm not sure whether or not they want me to or they don't want me to. And it probably depends on what the subject matter of the message is. But without fail, you know, just, just yesterday, Bright says, are you going to talk about me tomorrow? So, yes, I just talked about you. <laughs> Today, they'll be happy to know that I am not talking about them. They're not in here. They're, they're both serving. My kids serve. So I want to honor that. So my kids serve in junior high. They're both high schoolers. They serve in the junior high class. Um, so that's awesome. But I want to get them off the hook. I'm not talking about them today. I might mention them, but I'm not talking about them. And they'll be happy to know that because my title today is Disappointed. <laughs> if you're a parent in the room, or if you have a parent, or if you know a parent, or if you've ever seen a parent, I bet you can finish this sentence. I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. The, the answer is literally right there. I'd be disappointed if you didn't get it. But today I'm going to talk about disappointment from uh, maybe a different angle than what uh, we're used to. Yeah, sure, disappointment's disappointment, but I'm going to, the things surrounding our disappointment are kind of going to be the focus of my, uh, my message this morning. So um, I'm going to talk about being appointed versus being disappointed. I'm going to talk about your purpose versus what might distract you from that purpose. And um, I've got three points, uh, a few stories about Peter, and um, all right, let's, just, let's just get started. I don't want to waste any more time. So point number one of this, of this message this morning is appointment. You'll see as we go that I don't have a lot of creativity when it comes to the words that I put on these slides. <laughs> every one of us, every believer, every Christian, uh, we have an assignment. When we became saved, when, when, we, when we declared that Jesus is our Lord, when we said, you know, I repent, save me, and we became a Christian, from that moment, each one of us had an assignment on our life. All right? And your assignment, it has... You know, two parts to it, probably more than that, but I'm talking about two parts today. You have your gift, which your gift is from God, all right? Um, you know, I, I picked on Elder this morning, so I'll pick on someone else now. I'll pick on Elisa right now. You know, she has a marvelous gift of singing. She has a great voice. Uh, she, 
she um, works with the team to make sure that they're sounding like they're meant to sound together um, so that one voice doesn't outshine the others and that they work together. And, and a group of voices doesn't sound like a bunch of individuals, but it sounds like a, a harmony, a choir, a, you know, a chord, whatever you want to call it. And she has that gift. And she probably had, as a young child, some natural ability for singing or other things for music. She probably had something where people would say, oh, she sings really good for a three-year-old, or you know something like that. But your gift is something where even though it comes from God, it's your responsibility to develop it, to nurture it, to grow it, to practice, to rehearse, to get lessons, to, to figure out what works, what doesn't work, to, to notice where you hit the mark, where you, where you missed the mark, and to improve. You have a responsibility to nurture your gift. But the other part of your assignment is your purpose, or some people call it your calling. And in this case, I'm going to call it your appointment. You are appointed for a purpose. And that, that purpose is something that you can't change. It's not something that you choose. It's not something that you find. It's something that God has put in you. And it's if you think of your gift as the, this is what I do, then your appointment is this is why I do that thing. All right? So you can, have, you can have a purpose. You can have an appointment of, you know, whatever. And there could be a hundred different ways to, to accomplish that. And you might not have gifts for all hundred of those, but if you have a, a gift that matches up with your purpose, then you're living in your assignment. You're living in your appointment. All right? Sorry, I'm, I'm feeling a little more pragmatic about things today than I might normally. So it's kind of a lot of step-by-step. I hope you can stay with me as I go along. So you might wonder, you know, yeah, I get it. I'm a Christian. I have an assignment. My assignment has a gift. My assignment has a purpose or a calling or an appointment. But what is it? So I had the the opportunity to hear Pastor Jurgen speak a few weeks ago, and he said it's abundantly clear what all of our purposes, the church has the same purpose. Matthew 28, 19, Pastor Michael quoted it a minute ago, is go make disciples everywhere. That's, you know, the gospel according to Scott. That's the, you know, it's, there's other words to it. There's all the ways to say it, but that's it in a nutshell. Every single one of us has a purpose of making disciples everywhere, Right? I don't know how to go make disciples everywhere. I have no idea how to be a missionary in another country. I have no idea how to um, be someone that goes out into you know the streets of a of a city and and ministers to people you know in need. I have I don't have these this experience. I don't have this this knowledge. I don't understand how to go make disciples everywhere. But fortunately. To support that church-wide purpose of go make disciples everywhere, God gives each one of us an individual purpose, right? So our individual purpose always is in support of that. Our, whatever my individual purpose is, I'll know it's my purpose if it's in support, support of making disciples. You know, some of us, the scriptures say, are pastors or prophets or evangelists or teachers or... Oh, there's another one. Um, but some of us, like the, the worship team, 
you know, their, their purpose is not one of those that's listed there. Their purpose is setting an atmosphere of worship where people can come and be prepared to be made into disciples. Yeah. You, your, your, your purpose, all of you, your purpose is not singing. Your purpose is preparing us for discipleship. And your gift is what allows you to do that. All right, so I want to tell some stories about Peter um, to, to emphasize this and to take it home. Uh, let's look at uh, Luke chapter 5, verse 4. All right, it says, when he had finished speaking, when Jesus finished speaking, he said to Simon, Peter, now go out where it is deeper and let down your nets to catch some fish. Master, Simon said, we worked hard all last night and didn't catch a thing, but if you say so, I'll let down the nets again. And this time, their nets were so full of fish that they began to tear. If you skip to verse 10, his partners, Peter's partners, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, were also amazed. Jesus replied to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you'll be fishing for people. So, so this is the moment in Peter's story where he receives his assignment, where he receives his appointment to purpose. You know, he had been a fisherman. That was his career. That was his job. That's how he earned a living. But Jesus is saying, I want you to take those same gifts of fishing, but now I'm going to put it towards this purpose I have, and your purpose is now to be a fisher of men. And, you know, we, we all have, you know, a responsibility when we are in a place to, to bring someone to Jesus. That, that's a responsibility we have. But for Peter, that was more than just a responsibility. It was his calling. It was his mission. It was his, you know, his purpose. Um, mine might be different. Yours might be different. Um, we still all work towards making disciples, but it might be different than Peter's. You know, maybe your purpose is to build relationships with people and to um, connect with them and to, to let them feel seen and be seen. And that will pull them into a place where they are open to discipleship if they haven't been before. Uh, so, so you see the difference between Peter's assignment of, uh, you know, fishing for people and bringing them in. Yours might be once you see them, you know, get them planted, get them connected. Or maybe, you know, your, your, your purpose is, you know, finding the hidden things. Finding what people don't see about themselves, whether it's good or bad, and bringing it up so that they can um, celebrate the wins or they can notice the areas where they, 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 they could be discipled, where they could improve, where they could hear from someone with wisdom to, you know, to help them out. Discipleship doesn't have to be this weird thing, all right? All it means is, I'm going to help you. That's kind of, that's all it is. Discipleship is just a word with a lot of letters. Uh, for me personally, you know, I get, I get lit up by finding something that's complicated and working to make it simple. You know, if I could explain uh, why I like to come up here, it's that. If I could explain why I like um, sitting in meetings at work, sometimes it's because of that. If I could explain the last 25 years of my career as a software engineer, where I take a complicated idea and turn it into something simple that a computer can understand, that's the kind of thing that excites me. And I'm good at it. So this must be my calling. That, that, that's all there is to finding out 
what your purpose is. You don't find your purpose. You don't find your calling. You, you just identify it because it's already there. If, there. if there is something that lights you up, if there's something that you're excited, if there's a, and I don't mean like a skill you have, but if there's like a goal, I have a goal of making things simple. You have a goal of setting an atmosphere of worship. You have a goal of helping people feel seen. If you have something that's, you know, a big goal and you have some skill to do it, there you go. You just found your purpose. But, you know, in keeping with the theme here, if our purpose is our assignment, what kind of thing do you think might keep us from it? So slide number two. Disappointment. I told you I'm not super original here. I've got like two words on all these slides here. And you've already seen both of them. And I have one more slide to go after this too. So we all know disappointment, whether it's disappointment with the circumstances of life that aren't really anybody's fault. The, the, the money just isn't stretching to make ends meet. Uh, my company is closing down. I'm losing my job. Or whether it's um, I'm disappointed with someone else like they didn't do what they told me they were going to do. They didn't hold up their end of the deal. Um, they said something mean, and I bet they don't even know that they did. And all, all of these kinds of things. Or disappointment with yourself, like, I'm not good enough. Or um, I really dropped the ball. Or I said I was never going to do that again, and I did it again. And I feel guilty. There, there's so many areas where disappointment can come from, but they, they all lead to the same uh, the same situation. You know, sometimes these things, they're, they're big things. Sometimes they're little things. Uh, quick sidebar before I go on. I um, worked on this message for a while. Um, I, I mentioned this morning at the nine o'clock service that uh, the last time I spoke, I found out how long Pastor Michael might typically prepare for preaching. And I compared that to how long I prepare for preaching. And mine was approximately three or four times as long as his because he's just so good at it and I am still learning. But I had spent all this time up until yesterday getting you know, all these notes you know, figured out, buttoned up, uh, ready to go. I made sure they made sense. I made, their, made sure I didn't say anything that was like biblically unsound. I made sure that I covered all the points I, points I wanted to cover. Um, but I also had reached out and did a survey of about 15 or so of my friends and family and I asked them, um, a few questions, but only one that I'm going to talk about now. I asked them, knowing who I am, knowing my personality, knowing I'm analytical, knowing that I, you know, I'm silly or whatever, do you think I should put graphs or charts in my message tomorrow? <laughs> you know, up on the screen. Should, should I, like, show data? Do people want to see data? <laughs> Out of those 15 people... One said, I don't know, read the crowd, see how it goes, throw it in, take it out. One said, absolutely not. That was my daughter. And 13 said, yes. So I got all prepared. I got all these notes. I got my slides. I, I made them myself. They look really good, if I'm being honest, and I'm not even a graphic designer. But then at 3.30 this morning, 3.45 this morning, I can no longer sleep, and you know the sixteenth vote came in. And, and he said, "You got to take that out." 
So for my 13 amazing friends, I'm sorry, you can come see me later. My daughter, I'm going to force her to look at him when we get home. But I don't know, I said all that just to, to show that, you know, I don't know. I'm working through this like you are. Disappointment that we're talking about. I'm working through this like you are. Uh, purpose and appointment. I'm working through this like you are. My message, I'm working through it like I'm working through it with you now. So anyway, back to where I was at. I do have um, one small thing about myself. Sometimes disappointments are big, sometimes they're small. I have one thing about myself that's fairly small that I'm a little disappointed in. So somewhere along the way, um, I started taking note of people that I find interesting. Like after I talk to them or whatever, I think, oh, that person was interesting. I just met him or I've known him for years. And I started noticing, because um, I'm a data guy, that there's eight things that personally I've noticed about people where if they have these things, I find them interesting. And if they don't have all of them, that might be fine. But if they have all of them, I'm probably going to find them interesting. And I'm not going to tell you what they are because it's my list and you can make your own. <laughs> but, um, and I don't score people on this. I, I find out they're interesting first and then I look and see, oh yeah, they do line up to that. I don't say, oh, do they have this, this, and this? Okay, they're not interesting. So it's the other way around. But I scored myself on my own list of interestingness. And I only got a C minus, guys. If I just met you and we had a 70%, I found you 70% interesting, that's pretty good. I might be friends with you. But I live with me. And I only find me 70% interesting. So, something I need to work on. Um, that's a little thing. But, you know, there, there's bigger things too. And, you know, I, you know one of the thing, things that's come up recently over the last year or two is a lot of times I find myself feeling stuck. Man, the, the time is going way faster in this service than in the first one. I find myself feeling stuck um, in one area or another. And in particular, in this case, my business. You know, um, our business has a, our, we assigned a purpose to our business too. It's not just for us. We, you know, if whatever you have, a business, a job or whatever, assign a purpose to it. Whether or not your boss knows, assign a purpose from God to that thing. So we assigned a purpose to our business and, um, then we started making plans to, to support that purpose. And then, you know, things happen, things change, and something changed for someone, and it, they ended up, you know, I'll be honest. Sorry, honey. It was my wife, Kelly. <laughs> I, was, I was planning to build this business with her. And I asked her if I could talk about this, and she said no, but I'm doing it anyway. <laughs> um, I was going to build this business with her, and, and she, was, she was on board. She was doing the best she could, not really understanding my industry. But somewhere along the way, um, Pastor Alex Klott from church called her and said, hey, we've got this job that would be perfect for you. And unfortunately, he was right. It is perfect for her. But unfortunately for me, we decided that she should leave my business and go work for the church, which, you know, I love it. She has grown so much, and this job it really is perfect for her. But on the flip side of that, I suddenly felt lost. Like, the, the thing that I was trying to accomplish, I can't do it by myself. It, it's, it's not possible to do this without someone. 
and now I can't. And so I went through this season, and sometimes still visit that season, of feeling lost, like this purpose that we assigned to our business kind of fell off. I still do the same things. I still show up to work. I still do a great job. I still, you know, support the, the charities, the nonprofits that we, that we have agreed as a business to support. I still do all the things, but instead of doing it because I'm attached to a purpose, I'm doing it because I have the gift. I have the ability to do this, so I'm checking the box and I'm doing it, and the purpose is just over there, which kind of makes what I'm doing you know, have a whole lot less meaning than it would if I could do it in conjunction with my purpose. Don't, don't worry about me. I don't need your help. I've got this figured out, as you'll see in the next few minutes. You don't have to worry. I'm still saved. I don't need deliverance. I'm good. I don't want to like set the tone that I'm about to be removed from the stage for that anyway. Um, but but it was, it's, a, it's been a serious thing. But, you know, Peter also had his moments of disappointment. He spent three years close to Jesus, you know, preparing for his own mission of being a fisher of men, and everything was great, and he loved it, and he was connecting, and he was doing what lit him up. But then the two days before the crucifixion, things went sideways. Um, I'll, I'll just tell the story rather than read it, but in John chapter 18, when... Um, Jesus and the disciples are in the garden and all the, the guards come to arrest Jesus. Peter takes out a sword and chops off this guy's ear thinking that he was doing what Jesus wanted to do, thinking that he was being bold and courageous. But Jesus rebukes him and says, why are you doing that? This is, this is what's been appointed to me. You know, Shall I not drink from the cup of suffering the Father has given me? And Peter's over here, you just told me at dinner, at the Last Supper, they didn't know it was the Last Supper yet. But they just told me at dinner, make sure you bring a sword. And now I take the sword that you told me to get. And I do what I thought you wanted me to do. And you rebuke me for it. And, you know, and that hit, that was like disappointment. And you carry on that night. And um, Peter's um, standing outside the trial. And you know he denies Jesus three times. Jesus had told him, you're going to deny me three times. Peter says, no, I'm not. And sure enough... Peter denies him three times. The third time happens in Luke 20, 60. And uh, Peter said, I don't know what you're talking about. And immediately the rooster crowed. I'm kind of skipping some words here. At that moment, the Lord turned and looked at Peter. Suddenly the Lord's words flashed through Peter's mind. Before the rooster crows tomorrow morning, you will deny three times that you even know me. And here's 62. And Peter left to the courtyard, weeping bitterly. I, I cut off this guy's ear and you rebuke me. You tell me I'm going to deny you, and I end up doing it. And then it settles in, and he's like, I am such a disappointment. Disappointed Jesus, disappointed myself. And then just to top things off, as you know, after the resurrection that Sunday morning, the women go to the tomb, and the angels in the tomb in Mark chapter 16, they tell the women, go tell the disciples and Peter that he's going before you to Galilee, and you'll see him there. Peter, when he hears that message... He doesn't hear the last half. He hears, go tell the disciples, and Peter? Am I not even a disciple anymore? And that level of disappointment, it's, you know, it'd be an understatement to, to just call it disappointment. It's kind of, it's like a crushing feeling to feel like not only have I made a mistake, I've let down my best friend and 
the guy that I believe is the Messiah. But he didn't hear the rest of the message. He didn't hear that Jesus has set an appointment with you in Galilee. He just heard that he wasn't a disciple. So he says, I'm just going to go back to my old life. Maybe I'll come back to this later. But at least for now, I'm putting it on pause. And you know what? In John 21, Peter says, you know what, guys? I'm going fishing. This is what I used to do. It's what I know. This is my gift. I'm going to set aside this purpose and go back to just relying on my gift. So there's, there's no problem. There's, it's not wrong to feel disappointment. It's not wrong to, to recognize that something unexpected happened or something that something unexpected didn't happen. You know, whatever you, you thought was supposed to be, if that's not it, it's, it's not wrong to feel disappointed. But if you leave it unresolved, that's where, you know, things start to pile up. You know, if, if you leave disappointment unresolved, they build up, they accumulate. It can paralyze you. It's like, I'm not going to do this because the last time this happened. I'm not going to do this because the last time this happened. I'm not going to reach out to that person because the last time they shut me down. I'm not going to apply for Pathfinders again because the last time they rejected me. I'm not going to um, speak, offer to speak in kids' church because last time they told me, no, I wasn't ready yet. I'm not going to try out for the worship team because last time they said I needed to take lessons. It, you know, unhandled, unhandled disappointment can keep you from pursuing the purpose that God has for you. He, it can keep you you know, disappointment can keep you from your appointment. You know, I talked a little bit earlier at the beginning about uh, your purpose and your gift. And I got to say, it's really easy to get the two confused. And I I've probably have done it even while on this stage today, speaking this to you guys, where I've said one and meant the other. It would be really easy for me to think that because I'm, good at writing code that my purpose is writing code. No. My purpose is to make complicated things simple. My gift is to write code. But when I'm disappointed and I set aside my purpose, all I can focus on is my gift. So if you become disappointed and you don't deal with it, you don't resolve it, you don't take care of it, you don't take it to Jesus, you end up focusing on what you can do with your hand instead of what he wants to do with your hand. No, I, I mentioned Elise earlier. You know, she sings super well. It's definitely a gift. But singing is not her calling. Singing is her gift. Singing is not her calling. Her calling is to set an atmosphere of worship. You know, you can be appointed to something. You can have that as your purpose. Sorry, let me say that the other way around. You can have a gift that God has given you that you've developed, and you can use that both in and not in pursuit of your purpose. She could take that same gift and go sing at the, at, you know, the country club. She could take that same gift and go sing on a street corner with a, you know, a hat in front of her. She could take that same gift and sing to you know, whoever. Or she could take that same gift and she could use it to set an atmosphere of worship in here. Or if her purpose was different, she could take that same gift and use it to bring peace to crying kids. You can use the same gift for multiple purposes. You can use the same purpose with multiple gifts. But the point is, when you're disappointed, you get it all confused. 
unresolved disappointment. It does bring a lot of side effects, but the most dangerous one is that it causes you to focus on your gift instead of your purpose. Disappointment blocks appointment. Peter was appointed to be a fisher of people, but his appointment just led him to focus on his gift of fishing. Instead of fishing for people, instead of finding and connecting and drawing in people, he was finding and connecting with a net or a hook and drawing in fish. Instead of bringing people into a church to meet Jesus, he's bringing fish into a boat. He's using the same gift, but he missed his purpose because he let disappointment settle in. All right, so point number three, how do we get out of this? How do, what do we do? What did Peter do? So point number three is disappointment, except for you can't see the first part. I told the first service that this slide here is basically the whole message. No matter where you go, when you're um, leaving out what God's called you to do, you'll see disappointment. You can see it's right there. It's right there. But if you're living in your purpose, it's because you're not focused on the dis. You're focused on the appointment. If we flash forward in Peter's life a couple pages into Acts chapter 2, we could see that by that point, it's way too many verses, I won't read it, but if you read Acts chapter 2 later, Peter is not the same person that he was when he said, you know, guys, I'm going fishing. He's a new man. He's bold. He's standing up. He's saying to the crowds, hey, listen up. Don't make a mistake. Hear what I have to say. And he, like, brings the fire, and it, it you know, as the first part of it, if you read it as an outsider, you think, he's really lighting these guys up. But what happens is, like verse 36, 37, somewhere around there, the people say, oh, you're right. What do we do next? Peter is fishing. He's connecting. He's drawing people in. And he's aligned with his purpose. And people are saying, you're right. Disciple me. So, you know, there's a lot of things you can do that are typically advised if you're dealing with disappointment. You know, name it, speak with someone, come up for ministry. That's super important. Come up for ministry. Um, all kinds of things. But I want to focus on what I found that Peter did. What took Peter from the I'm going fishing to the listen to me. I've got something to say. And, you know, it's sometimes the hardest things are the simplest. The things that are the hardest to do are the simplest to understand. So you probably already know this. Or if you didn't ever think of it, it'll seem obvious when I say it. It's not, this isn't groundbreaking, guys. I am not that brilliant when it comes to these kinds of things. This is, it's right there. What did, G, oh, I'm sorry, what did Peter do to change from I'm going fishing to hey, listen up? So John 21, starting at verse 4, um, I'll, I'll set it up and then I'll start reading. Um, they're out fishing because Peter says, I'm going fishing, and some of his friends with him, went with him. Jesus shows up. He's standing on the beach. Um, verse 4 says, At dawn, Jesus was standing on the beach, but the disciples couldn't see who it was. Verse 5, He called out, Hey guys, have you caught any fish? No, they replied. Then he said, Throw out your net on the right-hand side of the boat, and you'll get some. 
So they did, and they couldn't, call in, they couldn't haul in the net because there were so many fish in it. Then the disciple that Jesus loved said to Peter, I love how John calls himself the disciple that Jesus loved. It's like, so not a flex. It's like, yeah, anyway, he said to Peter, it's the Lord. And when Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his tunic because they took it off for work, and he jumped in the water and he swam the shore. He didn't wait for the boats to come in. Verse 11, when Peter uh, went aboard the boat and dragged the net to the shore, there were 153 large fish in the net, and the net hadn't torn. So here's the secret. If disappointment causes you to focus on your gifts over your purpose, it causes you to focus on um, your abilities over your appointment, the answer is so simple. Focus on your appointment over your gifts. When, when, Peter, when Peter saw that Jesus you know, brought in this great catch of fish for them miraculously, he remembered his original appointment back in Luke chapter 4 or 5, where the first time that happened, Jesus did a miracle and the nets were full. They were so full at the beginning that the nets broke. And it it connected Peter back to his purpose, but more importantly, it connected him back to the one who gave him that purpose in the first place. And Peter, he also recognized 153 fish. That detail is in there intentionally. That's not, that's not like, oh, there was hundreds of fish. There's a specific number that was a lot of fish for this kind of net, this kind of boat, this lake. And it, was, it reminded Peter, like I said, of the first time he was called when there was the great catch of fish. But the first time... The nets broke. The nets started to tear. They lost some of the fish. Um, they, they got most of them, but some got away. The, they had to repair their nets. The nets broke. But this time, when, God, when Jesus says, hey, remember me? Remember your appointment? Remember the one who gave it to you? This time, it says in verse 11, the nets didn't tear. And I've read past that, you know, I don't know, dozens of times, but... This time, it meant something to me. It's like, the thing that broke me before, the thing that distracted me before, the, 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 in this case, the blessing that distracted me before, that, that took me away, that had me rely on my own gifts, that, that was a distraction, that disapp- ended up disappointing me, that same blessing now will not break. It will not cause me to tear. It will not allow me to lose. I, I will be able to take... Everything that the Lord has for me, the gifts and the purpose. And, and I think it's also at this moment where Peter, you know, finally understood what those angels were telling the women when they saw them in the tomb. You know, that, you know he thought they said, go tell the, the disciples and that guy Peter that I'm going to see them. But now he understands this is them saying, go tell the disciples, especially Peter that I'm going to meet him in Galilee. Go tell them that I'm setting an appointment. This appointment that they've had along, I'm renewing it. It's recurring. It's going to be on your calendar every week. I'm setting an appointment. Go tell Peter that he has an appointment with me. And they end the story by Jesus just reaffirming and reestablishing Peter. You do love me. Yes, feed my sheep. So this slide right, right here, like I said, this slide is the whole message. There's going to be disappointments. I'd be lying if I said I didn't 
experienced disappointments even this week. I talked earlier about, you know, some feelings of stuck and lost with my business. And I'd be lying if I said, those don't come up every now and then. I'd, I'd be wrong if I said that. They do. But I've learned that if I want to, I can see those disappointments. They're right there. It's right there. I can see them anytime I want to look for them. But if I focus on the rest of it, if I focus on the appointment, I have freedom, I have life, I have joy, I feel fulfilled. I, I know that those are the moments where I'm living out the purpose God has for my life. So I, I'm going to close. I'm, I'm a little over. Um, you know, I know that I'm not the only one that deals with d- disappointment, right? Anyone else? You're never disappointed? No, just kidding. No, I don't even know how I was looking at it. I just looked at no one. Um, we all deal with disappointments, right? And it's, even though you can learn things like this on how you can overcome them, it still happens and you still have to work this out. So if there's somebody in here, if there's several people in here um, that are going through a season of disappointment that's more serious than me not finding myself interesting, then I want to take a moment and pray for you. If you can close your eyes and if someone is going through that right now, can you raise your hand so I can with you maybe you're experiencing loss Um, maybe a broken relationship Uh, maybe you feel unseen by the people that you think are important maybe you feel like um, you're banging your head against the wall no matter what you do you just can't quite get past this hurdle or maybe it's just someone's mean to you and it hurts and you don't know how to respond I want to pray for you whatever your disappointment is I want to pray for you and then I'll have Pastor Michael come up God I thank you right now that that you give us I thank you that you give us the opportunity to be disappointed I thank you that you trust us enough to allow disappointment to come to us like it did for Job that you trust us that we're not going to focus on the disappointment, but that we'll use the disappointment to, re- to be reminded of the purpose and of the appointment you have for our lives. God, right now I, I declare that everyone in this room has a recurring appointment with you, that they are appointed for purpose, that they uh, have a calling, and that it is evident to them the things that they can do and should do to, to fulfill their personal calling, but to ultimately support the mission of the church of making disciples everywhere. In Jesus' name, amen. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.